The New York Jets get a day off with the green and white scrimmage around the corner. So let's recap a week and a half or so of Jets training camp. I'm Glenn Naughton with Jet Nation Radio and JetNation.com. Be sure to log into JetNation.com where you can register and become a part of what is the most active Jets message board on the web. So camp is in full swing. The video clips are coming out from the Jets PR department. The tweets are coming out from the beat. We're hearing different things about different players, some surprises, some things that aren't so surprising, and some very encouraging stuff. Uh, first and foremost, Zach Wilson appears to be getting better as camp goes on. He's had some good days, some not so good days. And then in the, the team's most recent practice, had a perfect day, went eight for eight, threw a couple touchdowns in the red zone period. For me personally, the most encouraging thing out of camp up to this point has been the number of receivers who we're hearing are making plays. Now, we've talked at great length about how Joe Douglas has done so much to improve this receiving core. I did a brief piece on it on, the, on JetNation.com the other day. You can check it out on the front page. But Joe Douglas using high draft picks on guys like Denzel Mims, Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, signing Corey Davis to, to big money, retaining Braxton Berrios, keeping these guys around. And we're also hearing... Guys like Irvin Charles making big plays, uh, especially Dennis Wazak from the AP, a uh, good friend of the show, has, has been speaking highly of him up to this point. And he's a guy that, look, you know, I said when they picked him up as an undrafted free agent, there won't be a guy in this class who we know less about. Um, because, let's face it, he played a couple of games at Penn State a few years ago and then was off the team and went to IUP, Indiana U University of Pennsylvania, which most people probably didn't know existed up until this year. Uh, well, Jets fans anyway. And he blew it up there, but th you can't go online and find five or six full games of Irvin Charles playing for IUP. It's just not going to happen. Um, a couple of highlights of him with Penn State, but very limited, literally just a few catches. So I know there, there are uh, a lot of, you know, the physical attributes are known. He's 6'4", he's a fast guy. If you go look at, I, I forget who it was against, I pulled a clip and posted it a, a, several weeks ago of Irvin Charles on a, a big catch and run deep down the field where he is just creating a ton of space between him and the defenders trying to chase him down, which was which I what I found really impressive because for a guy his size, six foot four to be one of the fastest guys on the field, he just guys didn't they had no chance to catch up to him. So as I've said, we've heard his name on some big plays early on, which is very encouraging. But really the most encouraging thing of, from that group, as I, the group as a whole, great news. Great to see tons of guys are getting involved. Um, but Denzel Mims, a lot of people have counted him out. You know, in talking about this receiving core, it's all been about Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson and will Corey Davis bounce back and Berrios was good down the stretch. Not hearing Denzel Mims' name a lot. Um, I was one of those fans last year that kept saying, get him on the field, get him on the field, um, but then acknowledged every time he was on the field, something went wrong and it was maybe time to shut him down for the year and, and, and kind of move on to this season. So that's where we are. He's, he's in camp, playing well, apparently had a 60-yard touchdown the other day, uh, catch and run from Mike White. So Denzel Mims, we're seeing his name pop up here and there. Last year, nothing. There wasn't, a, only thing we heard about Denzel Mims last year is he had food poisoning. There wasn't anything about him making plays, making a difference. Um, not the case so far, so far. He's had some quiet days, but he's also had a couple of really big days. So if Denzel Mims can become that sort of even your third string, fourth string receiver, that's huge because, uh, again, he was a guy who was written off. There were a lot of people who thought he was gone, you know, after after what happened last season. And that's not to say that the Jets won't go out there. And I, I'm I'm kind of 50-50 on this. I think I think Denzel Mims is being, being a second-round draft choice is what gives him a chance to stick on this roster. 
But I would not be one bit surprised if he had a fantastic preseason and the Jets move him because he's not a great fit and he's he's there's so much depth at that position now. If the Jets were looking to move Mims for a pick, wouldn't surprise me. And if Mims bounced back and had himself a really nice season, it wouldn't surprise me. Now, no matter what happens, he's not going to have a huge season because there's just not enough footballs to go around. And I talked about this a few weeks ago, how, you know, you might not have a guy on this roster who puts up 12, 13, 1400 yards because you have so many pass catchers. And that's, again, that's what's been encouraging is it seems Zach Wilson is doing a really nice job in camp of spreading it out. You know, I'm mentioning the receivers. That's without talking about uh, CJ Uzama and, and, and Jeremy Ruckert has just come back from his injury, from his foot injury. Tyler Conklin, of course, who I think could have a bigger impact than all three of them. So they've got the tight ends. They've got backs who can catch and Carter and Hall, whoever the, whoever the third back is. If it's if it's uh, zone of a night, he's a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield and make plays, as can Tevin Coleman. So there are so many pass catchers on this roster. I don't see any one guy being able to just run away with the, the big numbers and, and have a huge season. But it's just encouraging. It's a nice thing to know that you've got this many targets to work with. Now, this is, of course, assuming that the two Ohio State guys primarily – um, Garrett Wilson and Jeremy Ruckert work out. But even with Ruckert probably starting the year as a backup with the veterans in front of him, he'll be on the bench. But I think the guy can play. I've said uh, my favorite thing about Jeremy Ruckert, and I've said this before, nothing physical. It's the fact that he stayed at Ohio State. Because Jeremy Ruckert had to, he's got to know what he's capable of. He had to have had people in his ear, or he had to had at least had the thought that if he went to a college, could have gone to another, could have transferred to another big time school that heavily utilizes their tight ends, and he would have been a monster, and probably could have been a first round pick. But Ruckert stayed at Ohio State, did the dirty work, got a three or four targets a game, and and just moved on. Team guy. So I love that about Ruckert. He's going to join this trio of tight ends. He's going to join these wide receivers, these backs who can catch the ball. And if Zach Wilson keeps spreading it out. The, the sky's the limit for this offense because of, as we say all the time, right, starts up front. And this old line, George Fant is back. He missed some time because he had a minor surgery during the offseason. They're working him back slowly. He only had a couple reps the other day. Makai Becton is back. I get the injury concerns, but as far as I'm concerned, I'm penciling that guy in as the right tackle for this season. I'm not going to worry about, you know, what if this, what if that. As far as I'm concerned right now, Becton's your tackle on the right side, Fant on the left, and then the interior is where you're even stronger with Tomlinson and AVT, Elijah Vera Tucker, and Connor McGovern in the middle. These guys keeping Zach Wilson upright with having all these targets to choose from, that's why the early reports out of camp, I've, I've been loving the fact that I'm just I'm constantly seeing different receivers make plays. And I, you know, there, uh, Keyshawn Abram made a couple plays the other day as well. So, so many of these guys are stepping up. And, and giving themselves a chance to make this roster. I mean, obviously you have the locks, but the guys like like Keyshawn Abram, Irvin Charles, these guys who have to kind of do a little extra and try to find a way to stand out if they want to stick. Maybe their practice squad material, we'll find out about that. But speaking of, of practice squad material, there was a name I wanted to mention only because it's been a while since we've talked about him because he hasn't been on the roster. Um, but I raved about him last offseason, or sorry, last preseason. And for the first time in camp, I saw his name pop up a couple times the other day, D-lineman Tanzel Smart. Now, we talk about how deep this line is because this is a very deep D-line. But Tanzel Smart, you go back and watch him in the preseason last year, he was fantastic. I really thought he was going to bump somebody and make the roster. And he didn't. He went to the practice squad, stayed there all year. And Tanzel Smart, 
his 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 quickness out of his stance, his explosiveness just jumped off the tape last year. I mean, play after play after play, first guy off the ball, disruptive defender, and he's he's practice squad guy last year, fighting for a roster spot. Finally saw his name pop up the other day for making plays. Him and Jonathan Marshall will battle on the inside for some for some reps, well, for a roster spot and some reps. But one of the elder statesmen on that interior D line, Sheldon Rankin, spoke the other day, and you know a lot of this a lot of this stuff is hyperbolic. I get it, especially this time of year. Every player loves every group on the roster. The best this, the best that. They're the best best I've ever seen. This, that, and the other. But really, with Sheldon Rankins um, saying that this is the best D line man for man he's been a part of, I think that as the season plays out, that 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 could turn out to be the case. You have Quinn and Williams playing for a new deal who's apparently playing really well right now. John Franklin Myers, we've talked about it a million times. He never let up last year. The production dipped a little bit in terms of sacks, but the pressures, the hits, all that stuff was there. It never went away. He's going to be playing on the interior, and he's going to be playing on the outside on rundowns, on the inside on, on passing downs. I think that's going to give the Jets pass rush a boost. And hit add, the fact, add to that the fact that you've got Carl Lawson coming back, Jermaine Johnson, of course, the first rounder, Michael Clemens, I mean, they've made so many moves up front, and you've added Josh Martin's younger brother, Jacob, and you've now got a really deep group where, again, a guy like Tanzel Smart might not make it. He might not, but I just like the guy's game. I think I think Jonathan Marshall, as I said, on the interior, really good player. Sheldon Rankins, not as consistent as you'd like, but Sheldon Rankins, very talented guy, and... Someone mentioned this the other day. As I said, forums on JetNation.com, great place to check out if you're a Jets fan. Someone made a good point the other day about how, you know, how well he handles the media. Very media-savvy guy, Sheldon Rankins. Reminds me of Steve McClendon. And again, another interior D lineman. Guy says all the right things, knows how to conduct himself. Really, as a person, as a leader, I really like what Sheldon Rankins brings. As a player, you'd like to see a little bit more consistency, as I said. But still, a really good player. And, um, and a guy who's part of a D line that, that can be special. And the, this defense as a whole, you know, I'm, 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 I'm trying to temper my expectations. Listen, just about every year, I, I won't say every year because once or twice I skipped out, but almost every year I bet money on the Jets to win the Super Bowl. I'll do it again this year, like I do most years. And I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but in looking at this team, man for man, up and down the roster, every team, and we'll probably do a whole episode on this on ifs, right? Because that's. That's the team say before the year. Well, if we can do this and if we can do that, if we can do that, listen, if the, you can if it to death. Every team has their ifs. But when you got, you know, Jets teams in the past, you got 30 ifs. Well, if this works out and if this works out, and it's all ifs because it's all unknowns and you're hoping for the best. Not the case with this roster. You know, it's like the biggest if, of course, is Zach Wilson. But in terms of the O-line, I mean, yeah, of course, we mentioned Becton earlier. But you have... Fantastic players, one through five, on that line. Health is a concern, yes. Even if you were to lose Becton, with him being on the right side, it's not as much of a blow as it would have been if you're losing your left tackle. I mean, and that's not to say the left and right haven't become sort of equally important in today's game, but it's that blind side on the left that makes it that little bit more important. But if you're talking about an O-line, and now you're talking about the receivers, Elijah Moore, as I said, in my mind, wide receiver one, been saying that since middle of last year. When it, when when you watch how often that guy gets open, for some reason people still tell me he's a slot guy. He's not a, a, a number one receiver. He will be a number one receiver. But when you when you have this receiving core and this O line and Brees Hall, who again we've talked about this, many people have talked about it. 
physically, just from a physical, pure physical standpoint, might be the most talented running back this team has ever had. Probably the most talented in my lifetime. And I've been a fan for 30, however many years. 32, 33, 34. I don't know. I can't even keep track anymore. Long enough to say that to say that this guy's the most phys- physically the most talented running back they've had in my time as a fan. That's that's no small. That's not a that that's a pretty big deal because they've had some good backs. They've had Freeman McNeil. They've had Curtis Martin. There've been some good backs, some great backs. But just from a pure physical standpoint, now does he adapt to the pro game and carry over from what he did in college? Because if he does, he has the chance to be the best back this team has ever had. And Michael Carter was no slouch himself last year. So in going through this roster, step by step, one by one, you know, one of the, one of the other ifs, of course, is Sauce Gardner. But as I said a few weeks ago, if Sauce Gardner isn't a hit, if Sauce Gardner isn't at the very least a very good corner, then just stop scouting players. Really, just stop. If you miss on this guy, like there is nothing about his game that you can look at and say he's not going to be a star. He might not be a star, but there's nothing you can tell me now as to why. The only time I might see him struggle a little bit, and we've talked about this, he talked about how uh, you know Calvin Austin from Memphis was the toughest receiver he had to cover because he's that sort of 5'8", five, 5'9", five, diminutive guy, quick in and out of his breaks, a little tough for a long strider like Sauce Gardner to keep up with. Maybe when he matches up with some of these little, small, quicker NFL guys, maybe some struggles there. But by and large, Sauce Gardner should be absolutely fine. DJ Reed, what you've seen on film, what we've heard from, from the, the quote-unquote experts, analysts, uh, former players, rave about the guy. Rave about him. So you should, at the very least, if you're the Jets, have two very good starting corners. You've upgraded safety with Whitehead. You've got Joyner coming back. I mean, there is legitimate talent. This isn't hopeful. This isn't like, well, I hope that, you know, Chad Hansen pans out and maybe, maybe Kellen Winslow will have a big year. And maybe that, and if this, and if, and you know, twenty, if Brian Winters bounces back, and if this guy Brandon Shell gets a little better, and it, the, the old if list was was fifty ifs long. Now you got four or five big ones. You know, you got Zach Wilson if he takes the next step, Mikai Becton if he stays healthy, Sauce Gardner if he's as good as we expect, the edge rushers if they are even close to their potential, because there's a lot of potential there. Like those, those could be your four. Those four, if those four things happen, and like I said, we'll do a longer show in the coming weeks, just going over the ifs a little bit more in depth. But let's say if Wilson takes a jump, if Becton stays healthy, if the edge rushers are as good as we expect, and if the corners are as good as we expect. This is a playoff team. That if This is a playoff team. I don't care what anybody says. And explain to me why, if you think they're not. Where are they lacking? The one spot where we thought they were lacking... And I'll, I'll cover this and make this a short one this week. Quan Alexander, outside linebacker. He plays a little bit inside, a little bit outside. You got C.J. Mosley on the inside. You know, the Jets, the Jets, like a lot of teams, spend a whole lot of time with just two linebackers on the field. And it was gonna be, you figured it was going to be Mosley and Quincy Williams. Well, now it looks like it's going to be a lot of Mosley and, and, and uh, Quan Alexander, who is by day two running with the ones and making plays. He knows the system. He played for Robert Sala. So you have an accomplished player. I remember watching him against the Jets a few years ago and thinking this guy is a monster. He was a guy I hadn't seen a lot of until that Jets-Bucks game a few years back. And I was like, this guy is one of the best linebackers in the NFL. Like, I'd, I'd not watched him up to that point. Then, of course, he had the injuries, bounced back, played okay with the Saints last year. Uh, now he's with the Jets on a one-year deal. He's going to join that defense. And tell me where the holes are. Tell, wh- wh- where, where, where in this team are you looking at it and going... 
oh, this is why they can't be competitive. They're not good enough here. They're not good enough there. They're potentially not good enough at quarterback. Potentially not good enough at tackle. But if Wilson makes that jump, Beckton stays healthy. Whole new ball game, folks. Things have changed in a hurry under Joe Douglas. We thank him for that. And I thank you for tuning in. Be sure to check us out next week. And as I said, JetNation.com. Log in and check us out. And uh, give us a follow on Twitter at JetNation. You can follow me at AceFan23, AceFan23, at D Terriman, Dylan Terman. Give him a follow, as well as Alex Varallo at NYJetsLife24. Uh, give us a like and subscribe. And be sure to uh, subscribe and, and check out uh, Green Bean as well on the, uh, on the Jet Nation channel. And we will have more for you next week, folks. Thanks for checking us out. And uh, Green and White up next. Looking forward to going over that.